Good evening, nerdlings, and welcome back to the Nerd Fix, the podcast where we talk about everyone and everything in anime, manga, video games, and everything under the sun. And in this episode, we're going to be reading a creepypasta classic that many have been wanting me to read for quite some time now called Ben Drowned. So for those of you who are creepypasta fans, this is for you. So sit back, relax, and get ready for your creepy fix. Post number one, September 7th, 2010. Okay, I need your help with this. This is not a copypasta. This is a long read. But I feel like my safety or well-being could very well depend on this. This is a video game related, specifically Majora's Mask, and this is the creepiest shit that I have ever happened to me in my entire life. Having said that, I recently moved into my dorm, starting as a sophomore in college, and a friend of mine gave me his old Nintendo 64 to play. I was stoked. To say the least, I could finally play all of those old games of my youth that I haven't touched in the last decade. In his Nintendo 64 came with one yellow controller and a rather shoddy copy of Super Smash Bros. And while beggars can't be choosers, needless to say, it didn't take long until I became bored of beating up level 9 CP computers. That weekend I decided to drive around a few neighborhoods about 20 minutes or so off campus, hitting up local garage sales, hoping to score on some good deals from ignorant parents. I ended up picking up a copy of Pokemon Studio, Golden Eye, Fuck Yeah, F-Zero, and two other controllers for $2. Satisfied, I began to drive out of the neighborhood when one last house caught my attention. I still have no idea why it did. There was no cars there, and only one table was set up with random junk on it. But some sort of, of but something sort of drew me there. I usually trust my gut on these things, so I got out of the car and I was greeted by an old man. His outward appearance was, for lack of a better word, displeasing. It was odd, if you asked me to tell you why I thought he was displeasing. I couldn't really pinpoint anything. There was something about him that put me on edge. I couldn't explain it. All I could tell you is that if it wasn't in the middle of the afternoon and there were other people without shouting distance, I would not have even thought of approaching this man. He flashed a crooked smile at me and asked what I was looking for, and immediately I noticed that he must be blind of one eye of his eyes. His right eye had that glazed look, overlook about it. I forced myself to look to his left eye instead, trying not to offend, and asked him if he had any old video games. I was already wondering how I could politely excuse myself from the situation when he told me he had no idea what a video game was, but to my surprise, he said he had a few ones in the old box. He assured me he'd be back in a jiffy, 
and turned his head back to the garage. As I watched him hobble away, I couldn't help but notice what he was selling in the, on the table. Literally across the table were rather peculiar paintings, various artworks that looked like ink blots that a psychiatrist might show you. Curious, I looked through them. It was obvious why no one was visiting this guy's garage sale. They weren't exactly aesthetically pleasing. As I came to the last one, for some reason, it looked like almost like Majora's Mask. The same heart-shaped body with the little spikes protruding outwards. I initially, I just thought that since I was secretly hoping to find that game at the garage sales, some Freudian bullshit was projecting itself into the ink blots. But given the events that happened outward, afterward, I'm not sure. So sure, now I should have asked the man about it. I wish I would have asked the man about it. After staring at the Majora-shaped blot, I looked up, and the old man was suddenly there again, arms length in front of me, smiling at me. I'll admit, I jumped out of reflect and laughed nervously as he handed me a Nintendo 64 cartridge. It was the standard gray color, except that someone had written Majora on it in black permanent marker. I got butterflies in my stomach as I realized what a coincidence this was and asked him how much he, would, he wanted for it. The old man smiled at me and told me I could have it for free. That it, that it used to belong to a kid who was about my age that didn't live here anymore. There was something weird about how the man phrased it, but I didn't really pay any attention to to then. I was too caught up in not only finding this game, but getting it for free. I reminded myself to be a bit skeptical since this looked like a pretty shady cartridge and there's no guarantee it would work. But then, the optimist inside me interjected that maybe it was some kind of beta version or pirated version of the game, and that was all I needed to be back on Cloud 9. I thanked the man, and the man smiled at me and wished me all well, saying, Goodbye then. At least, that was what it sounded like to me. All the way in the car ride home, I had a nagging doubt that the man had said something else. My fears were confirmed when I booted up the game. To my surprise, it worked just fine. And there was one save file simply named Ben. Goodbye, Ben, he was saying. Goodbye, Ben. I felt bad for the man. Obviously a grandparent, and obviously going senile, and I, for some reason or another, Reminded him of his grandson, Ben. Out of curiosity, I looked at the save file. Eyeballing it, I could tell that he was pretty far in the game. He almost had all of the masks and three-fourths remaining of the bosses. I noticed that he had used an owl statue to save the game. He was on day three, and by the stone tower... A temple with hardly an hour left before the moon would crash. 
I remember thinking that it was the, the shame that he had come so close to beating the game, but he had never finished it. I made a new file named Link, out of tradition, and start the game, ready to relive my childhood. For such a shady looking game cartridge, I was impressed at how smoothly it ran. Literally just like a retail copy of the game, save for a few minor hiccups here and there. Like textures being the, where they shouldn't be, be random flashes of cutscenes at odd intervals, but nothing too bad. However, the only thing that was a little unnerving was at the times the NPCs would call me Link, and the other times they would call me Ben. I figured it was just a bug. A fluke in the programming caused our files to get mixed up or something. It did kind of creep me out, though. After a while, it was around after I had beaten the Woodfall Temple that I regrettably went into the save files and deleted Ben. I had intended to preserve the file just out of the respect of the game's original owner. It's not like I needed two files anyway. Hoping that would solve the problem. It did, and it didn't. Now NPCs wouldn't call me anything. Where my name should be in the dialogue, there was just a blank space. My save file name was still called Link, though. Frustrated, and with homework to do, I put the game down for today. I started playing in the game again last night, getting the lens of truth and working my way towards completing the Snowhead Temple. Now some of you more hardcore Majora's Mask players know about the fourth day glitch. For those of you who don't, you can google it, but the gist of it is that the right as the clock is about to hit 0.00.00 on the final day, you can you talk to the astronomer and look through the telescope. If you time it right, the countdown disappears and you essentially have another day to finish whatever you were doing. Deciding to do the glitch and try to finish the snow temp head temple, I happened to get there right on the first try and the time counter at the bottom disappeared. However, when I pressed the B to exit the telescope, instead of being greeted by the astronomer, I found myself in the Majora boss fight room at the end of the game. The tribute box in, in the area started at the Skull Kid hovering above me. There was no sound, just him floating in the air above me, and the background music, which was regular in the area, was still creepy. Immediately, immediately my palms began to sweat. This was definitely not normal. Skull Kid never appeared here. I tried moving around the area, and no matter where I went, Skull Kid would always be facing me, looking at me, not saying anything. Nothing would happen though, and this kept up for around 60 seconds. I thought the game had bugged or something, but I was beginning to doubt that very much. I was about to reach for the reset button when the text appeared on my screen. You're not sure why, but you apparently had a reservation. I instantly recognized that text. You get the text message when you get the room key from Anju at the stockpot in. 
but why was it playing here? I refused to entertain the notion that it was almost as if the game was trying to communicate with me. I started to navigate the room again, testing to see if it was some sort of trigger that enabled me to interact with some sort of something here. Then I realized how stupid I was to even think that someone could reprogram the game like this was absurd. Sure enough, 15 seconds later, another message appeared on the screen. And again, like the first one, it was already a pre-existing phrase. Go to the lair of the temple's boss. Yes or no? I paused for a second, contemplating what I should press and how the game would react. When I realized that I couldn't select no, taking a deep breath, I pressed yes, and the screen faded to white, with the words, dawn of a new day, with the subtext, with the subtext beneath it. When I was ported to filled me with the most intense sense of dread and impending fear I have ever experienced. The only way I can describe the way I felt here is having this feeling of inexplicable depression on a profound scale. I am normally not a depressed person, but the way I felt here was a feeling that I didn't even knew existed. It was such a twisted, powerful presence that it seemed to wash over me. I appeared in some kind of weird Twilight Zone version of Clock Town. I walked out of the clock tower, as you normally do when you start day one, only to find all the inhabitants were gone. Usually with the fourth day glitch, you can still find the guards and the dog that run around the outside tower. This time, they were all gone. Where we placed them where was the ominous feeling that there was something out there. In the same area as me and that it was watching me. I had four hearts to my name and the hero's bow, but at this point I wasn't even considering for my avatar. I wasn't even considered for my avatar. I felt that I personally was in some kind of danger. Perhaps most chilling thing was the music. It was the song of healing, ripped straight from the game itself, but played in reverse. The music would get louder, building up so as if you should expect something to pop out at you, but nothing ever did. And the constant loop began to wear on my mental state. Every now and then I would hear the faint laugh of the happy mass salesman in the background just quiet enough so that I wasn't sure if I was just hearing things, but just loud enough to keep me determined to find him. I looked in all four zones of the clock's town, only to find nothing. No one. Textures were missing. West clock town had me walking on air. The entire area felt broken. Hopelessly broken. As the reverse song of healing repeated for what must have been the 50th time, I remember standing in the middle of the South Clock Town realizing that I had never felt so alone in a video game before. As I walked through the ghost town, I don't know whether it was a combination out of the place textures and the atmosphere of the haunting melody of the once peaceful soothing song being butchered and disoriented 
but I was literally on the verge of tears and no idea why. I hardly ever cry. Something had gripped me here, and this powerful sense of depression that was both foreign and crippling. I tried leaving Clocktown, but every time I attempted to zone out, the screen would fade to black, and I would just zone in to another part of Clocktown. I tried playing my ocarina. I wanted to escape, and I did not want to be here. But every time I played the Song of Time or Song of Soaring, it would only say, Your notes echoed far, but nothing happens. By this point, it was obvious the game didn't want me to leave, and I had no idea why it was keeping me here. I didn't want to go inside the buildings. I felt that I wanted to, I would be too vulnerable to whatever I was terrified of. I don't know why, but I came up with the idea that maybe if I drowned myself in a laundry pool, I could spawn somewhere else and leave the place. As I zoned in and ran towards the pool, that's when it happened. Link grabbed his head and the screen flashed for a brief moment of the happy mass salesman smiling at me. Not Link. Me, with the skull kid screaming playing in the background. And when the screen returned, I was staring at Link, the Link statue from playing the song Elegy of Emptiness. I screamed at the, as the thing just stared back at me with a haunting facial expression. I turned around and ran out and back into the South Clock Town. And to my horror, the fucking statue followed me in the only way I can compare to this is like the weeping angels from the Doctor Who. Every so often, at random intervals, the animation would play of the statue appearing behind me. It was like the thing was chasing me, or I don't even want to fucking say it, haunting me. By this point, I was on the verge of hysterics, but not even once did the thought of turning off the console occur to me. I don't know why, I was so wrapped up in it, the terror felt all so real. I tried to shake the statue, but it won't literally appear right behind me. Every single time Link stared, started to be, started to begin to make weird animations I have never seen him do before. He would flail his arms around and spasm randomly and the screen will cut to the happy mass salesman smiling again for a brief moment before I was faced to face with the fucking statue again. I ended up running into the swords master dojo and ran to the back. I don't know why, but in my panic, I just wanted some kind of assurance that I'm not alone in here. To my dismay, I found no one. But as I turned to leave, the statue cornered me in the chub, in the cubby in the back. I tried attacking the statue with my sword, but to no avail. Confused and back in the corner, I stared at the statue, waiting for it to kill me. Suddenly, the screen flashed again to the happy mad salesman, and Link turned to face them, my screen. Standing upright, mirroring the statue, looking at me along with this copy literally staring at me. Whatever was left on the of the fourth wall was completely shattering while I ran out of the tojo terrified. 
Suddenly, the game warped me to the underground tunnel and the reverse song of healing queued up again as I was given a brief moment of rest before the statue started appearing behind me again, this time aggressively. I could only take a few steps before it would summon behind me again. I hurriedly made my way out of the tunnel appeared in the southern clock town. As I ran aimlessly, in a sheer panic, suddenly a red, a red dead screamed and the scream faded to black as dawn of a new day and some random text appeared again. The screen faded in, and I was standing on the top of the clock tower with Skull Kid hovering over me again. Silent. I looked up and the moon was back, looming just meters above my head, but the Skull Kid just stared at me hauntingly with that fucking mask. A new song was playing. The Stone Tower Temple theme played in the reverse. In some sort of desperate attempt, I equipped my bow and fired off a shot at the Skull Kid, and it actually hit him, and he played an animation of him reeling back. I fired again, and on the third arrow, a text box disappeared. That won't do you any good. <laughs> and I was picked up off the ground and levitated upward on my back, and then Link screamed as he burst into flames instantly killing him. I jumped when this happened. I had never seen this move used by anyone in the game, and Skull Kid himself didn't have any moves. As the death screen played, my lifeless body still burning, the Skull Kid laughed and the screen faded to black, only to have me reappear in the same place. I decided to charge him, but the same thing happened. Link's body was lifted off the ground by some unknown force and immediately burst into flames again, killing him. This time, during the death scene, the faint sounds of the reverse song of healing could be heard. On my third and final try, I noticed that there was no music playing this time, that all there was was eerie silence. I remembered that in the original encounter with Skull Kid, you were supposed to use the ocarina to either travel back in time or summon the giants. I attempted to play the Song of Time before I could hit the last note. Link's body once again horrifically exploded into flames, and he died. As the death screen neared its end, it began to chug, and as if the cartridge was trying to process a lot of something. When the screen came to, it was the same screen as the first three times, except this time, Link was lying on the ground dead, in the position I had never seen in the game before. His head tilted towards the camera, with Skull Kid floating above him. I couldn't move. I couldn't press any buttons. All I could do is just stare at Link's dead body. After 30 seconds of this, the game simply fades out of the mess with the message. You've met a terrible fate, haven't you? Before kicking you out of the title screen. Upon getting back into the title screen and starting again, I noticed my save file was no longer there. Instead of Link, it was replaced with Your Turn. Your Turn had three hearts, zero masks, and zero items. I selected Your Turn, and immediately when I did, 
I turn I return to the clock tower rooftop scene of my link of my de link dead and the skull kid hovering over with skull kid laughing looping again and again I quickly hit the reset button and when the game booted back up again there was more one more save file added below your turn entitled Ben Ben's save file is right back where it was before I deleted it. At the stone tower temple, with the moon almost crashing. I turned the game off at that point. I'm not superstitious, but this is way fucked up for even me. I haven't played it at all today. Hell, I didn't even get any sleep last night. I kept hearing the reverse song of healing music in my head and just remembered the sense of dread I felt exploring Clocktown. I drove back to the old man's house today and asked him some question with my buddy of mine. No way I was going there alone. Only to find that there's a for sale sign in front of the yard. And when I rang the door, no one was home. So now I'm back here writing down um, the rest of my thoughts and recording what happened. Sorry if some of, the, of this has grammatical errors and whatnot. I'm running on no sleep here. I'm terrified of this game, even more so now that I have really relived it a second time writing this all down, but I feel like that there's more to it than meets the eye, and that there's something calling me to investigate this further. I think Ben is something in this equation, but I don't know what, and if I could get a hold of the old man, then I would be able to find some answers. I need another day or so to recuperate before tackling this game again. It's already taken a toll on my sanity, I feel like, but the next time I do this, I'm going to be recording my footage all the way through. The idea to record only came to me towards the end. So you see the last few minutes of what I saw, including Skull Kid and the Elegy statue, but it's on YouTube here. I'm going to stay in this thread for a little while longer, but before I fall asleep to answer any more questions you guys might have or hopefully listen to your ideas or theories, help me shed some light into this or maybe some things I should try to do, I think I'm going to play Ben's file tomorrow and see what happens. Maybe I was supposed to do that all along. I don't believe in paranormal shit, but this is a little fucked up. But maybe this Ben guy is just a real good hacker programmer. I don't want to think about it, the alternatives if he isn't. That's the end of the copy-paste. I'm hoping that maybe this is some kind of running gag the developers had and that the other people have gotten gagged or hacked copies of the game like this. This just really scares me. And that, my friends, was post one of Ben Drowned. Parts two, three, four, and five will be released daily of Ben Drown. And if you like today's story, please make sure you are to answer a question leave on Spotify of what are the stories I should cover. And for those of you who stuck around till the end, thank you so much for listening. And to end the episode, as always, whether or not you believe in the term nerd or not, keep loving what makes you, you, and stay awesome.
you so much for stopping by, and I will see you next time for a brand new episode. Later!